Hey, welcome on in to Lunch with Klaibs and Joe. It's the early Flag Day edition of the uh, show today. I'm Joe Roderick, joined by Mike Claiborne, and we are powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and sponsored by thehomeloanexpert.com. Coming to you a little bit late today, Klaibs, uh, you know, we've been doing this for two and a half years now here on Klaibs Online, but those technical difficulties still uh, come around and bite us in the ass sometimes. Yeah, and, and including a dog that now wants to get involved with the show. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, things happen. It, you know, it's 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 the life we live these days. So it know. is. But you know what? Hey, it beats having to drive. You know, all the way back and forth, and and do uh, spend the money to do that these uh, these days, especially so. driving these yeah. days. <laughs> so you know, you, you live in Illinois. So what is what's uh, what's gas going for now? Five oh nine. Uh, most stations right now. So I had to, so I have a plug in, as you know, but it also mm-hmm. has gas. And I decided to get some gas on Saturday, and it was premium five sixty nine. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, we're not going here, and I'm not going there. I'm just going to chill. So it, it worked out fine, but uh, you know, it's not going to get any better for the near no. future. No, I need to one. I have a, uh, I, I can bike to the gym, but I can't take my, my race bike there. The road is too uneven and everything. <laughs> so I'm not taking it there with those tiny thin tires, but I'm about to go dig up the old bike with the thick tires and start riding that around, Don't blame uh, me. around town. But Hey, in a hundred <laughs> degree weather, I mean, not only is that a great workout, I'm going to sweat off a, a whole lot of weight too. With, Hydration uh, though, man, you got to yeah. stay hydrated. You know, look that. Hey, you don't, you thing. see you're, you're all, this is look at the size of this thing. This is one of the souvenir cups that you get at Bush stadium this year. Look at the size of this, uh, of this baby that they have there. Most you recently, drink, I think you drink three of those. You should be all right. Three, if oh, you drink yeah. three of those worth of water, you should probably get to the fifth inning. Yeah, they got those. I think they have them. The Yachty. I think they have Yachty on the, uh, the new ones. Right now, let's start with the uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, we we have made it clear. Um, you you have done so on Twitter. I know a few people have brought it up to me that tomorrow is Flag Day, but we are not looking at the standings to uh, tomorrow to uh, kind of figure out where the Cardinals are. We have pushed that back to July fourth this uh, this year due to the lockout and due to all of the different roster rules and regulations this season correct that is correct and you know i'm thinking with the fourth july 4th is on a monday we should probably unveil things on tuesday do the uh do our lunch with claves and joe on tuesday i'll be in atlanta atlanta so we probably ought to do it then because on july 4th uh, everything is going on and maybe some people may not be able to tune in that's uh, well, yeah, we can that's... do it yeah, yeah we can do it then we could, yeah, we'll uh, we'll let people know what to think of the Cardinals. But you know, uh, this this weekend was the first time that we got to see everything kind of come together with the offensive side. There, there's still a few pieces that they're waiting on with the with the pitching and a few things that are still being moved around and moved into place. But Tyler O'Neill's come back. Dylan Carlson's come back. We we know that Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan are here to stay. So this weekend was kind of the first time this year that Ali Marmol had all of his offensive toys to play with and to kind of put around in the lineup. Three days into that, how uh, how do you think he did? And, and what do you see kind of moving forward? Uh, what kind of changes he might make? 
Well, you know what? He, he's his bench is longer. His team and lineup are longer than, gosh, it's been a long time where you've had all these guys who we've seen them produce in a, in a manner that really justifies what the lineup looks like. I like the direction. Uh, there's two things. Gorman's going to play every day, okay? And really, Donovan should play every day. Now, how you move him around, well, we know Gorman's either going to be a DH or a second baseman. Um, you know, when you look at the splits with regard to Donovan, you know, he hits lefties pretty good. So you you got some different ways you're going to have to look at him. And I'm going to visit with Ali Marmel about that today with regard to juggling the lineup and getting the, getting the bats in. And, and one of the things that he said from day one, and, and John Mosellock said it as well, you hit, you play. And they may sacrifice a little defense sometimes. But for me, Donovan has done a good job in virtually every position he's he's been put in. I don't think he's got a weak weak side to him. Now there may be positions he doesn't play as much, but I'm trying to think of a spot that he's been in where he hasn't come up with a solid professional play. And you are seeing too, you know they they said before Nolan Gorman came up, they said when he comes up here, he will be the everyday second baseman. And I think the team has kind of realized, okay, Brendan Donovan is better defensively at second base than Nolan Gorman is. And that's not a that's not a slide at Nolan Gorman. We've seen him make really good plays at second. But you saw this weekend for the first time, they had Nolan Gorman DH and they had Brendan Donovan start at second. Now, I think there might be a little deeper reasoning to that too, because you want to keep Donovan on the fields if you need to move him elsewhere instead of losing the DH if, if something happens there but you're able to move him around pretty much everywhere and he can play everywhere too. So I, that's, that, that was something I was wondering if they would do at some point. And now you kind of have your left-handed DH and Gorman, your right-handed DH and Albert. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, I, I think also he, here's another X factor. Um, what do you do with Paul DeYoung? Okay. He's playing better. Um, but as John Mosellock said last week, you know, we're going to leave him there until we think he's really ready. And, you know, I always wonder about when you're in the minors, who are you facing? You know, are you hitting good pitching, good minor league pitching, or are you just hitting some guys that are trying to hold on? Or are you just seeing fastballs? Because I think we know by the time you get here in the big leagues, they have more than a fastball. And you have to be able to do something with it. That doesn't mean you have to hit a home run, but you have to be able to put it in play. And DeYoung's biggest problem was he struck out too much. I mean, he wasn't making contact, and you can't have it. I mean, this is a team that, you know, doesn't strike out a lot since he's been out of the lineup, uh, and they, they, they take some real competitive at-bats. So that's something that they're going to have to take into account between now and the end of the month. Uh, and you look at a guy like Dickerson, what do you do with him? Edmundo Sosa, what do you do with him? Andrew Kisner, offensively, he's not giving you very much. Uh, his defense has been solid, but I, I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered between certainly now and uh, July 4th. Okay, so I guess we lost Joe, and we're going to try and reconnect. He had earlier. I, I think right now Paul DeYoung might be your biggest trade chip going into the trade deadline to get yeah. some more pitching. Well, here's a question about that. Why are you trade? Why would a team give you a lot for a guy who's been playing better in the minors than he was in the big leagues? 
I'm not saying a lot. I'm not saying you're going and trading the A's for uh, with Frankie Montas. Is that uh, the, the, the guy Montas. out there? Yeah. Montas. I, I'm talking just a reliever, just some back end of the bullpen type of help that you can, that you can get from somebody. I would rather go with a legitimate starter, a legit starter and, and slide some people back because we don't know how long it's going to be before Matt's comes back. Flaherty is just around the corner. And even with Flaherty, you know, is he going to give you seven innings? Is he going to give you eight innings? We don't know. Uh, I'd rather have a frontline starter to and move somebody back compared to going out. And, and I know we did it last year. You know, you found Wade LeBlanc and Luis Garcia and, and TJ McFarland, all very good last year. Only one's left, and he hasn't been as good as he was last year. So, you know, and the other thing you have to take into account is you have to get more out of certain people. Helsley's got to give you two innings. <clears throat> Jordan Hicks has got to give you more innings. He's got to be your long guy. You've got to make sure some other guys are more consistent. And I don't know who the closer is. Is it is it Geo? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been solid. I mean, you know, he walks too many people right now. Uh, Helsley was pretty good in not walking people early. He's kind of had a little bump in the road. Oviedo can't help you right now. I mean, you know, you think about the home run he served up Issues yesterday. Of, there we go. So I'm just talking to myself here. Yeah, I don't know who you were talking to. I don't know what that uh, <laughs> how that went over. But uh, have they? When is the? Uh, have they? We were talking trade deadline. Have they said when? Have they given us an actual date no. for that trade deadline yet? No. I mean, I, I'm sure it's been posted, um, but I haven't paid much attention to it. I, I think you have to do two deals. You have to do one before the debt. I mean, like in the month of July, I think. And then you got to have one more piece you make uh, right before the deadline. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, when you look at how many teams that are out there that have already surrendered, and you look at our division, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, they're done. You look at the East, you know, Washington's done. Um, you know, you look at the American League, what are they? American League Central has one team over 500. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to be some picking taking place over there. Uh, so there's going to be plenty of dance partners available this year is what I'm saying. So I think you probably ought to move up and, and try and get something now to work into what you're trying to do. And I also think you need to look later for another spare part to touch on what you mentioned. Maybe maybe there's bullpen help. I think I'd like to get another legitimate starter, though, because the, uh, even with yeah. Pilante, who who was trained to be a starter. You know, can he give you more than five? Can he give you more than 75 pitches? Uh, and you know, you have to take into account, and, and John Mozeliak said this last week you don't win, you don't get in the playoffs in April or May, not, really, not even June, but you have to start to build up to that and assess. And that's why the whole flag day concept came into play. You know, you, you want to assess what you have and know what you need, and also assess what you're willing to part with. And the Cardinals have some guys that. Maybe on their last leg here. Want to uh, get your thoughts before we move on from the Cardinals about what we saw transpire this weekend with Harrison Bader. Uh, he was removed from the game on Saturday, and Ali Marmol came right out and said afterwards it was due to lack of hustle. He didn't live up to the expectations the team set forth for him. Said that was his punishment. He'll be back in tomorrow. Harrison Bader stepped up on Sunday. He talked to the media and answered 
about it too. Just your assessment of that whole situation. And can you remember the last time we saw something like that, that it was all thrown out? I mean, behind closed doors is one thing, but it was, it was made very public. Well, you know, first of all, Ali never said it was a lack of hustle. He just said it was some unprofessional things that he wasn't happy with. And, and there was something else that happened leading up to that. And, and really what it came down to was on the fly ball, Harrison not only didn't run it out, he made a right turn before the ball was caught and then walked back to the dugout. And he was frustrated, okay? Um, selfish, selfish move on his part, frustrating move, but it's something that you can't let people get away with. I mean, let's face it. Yachty's the only guy that doesn't run out balls, all right? And we, we respect the fact maybe he's banged up a little bit. Uh, and he's got a lot of time behind the plate. But in Bader's case, that's that's not his, his M.O. And he heard from Ali. He heard from a couple of other people about it. And, and to his credit, and I don't know if you heard the actual text of, of his message, it was the best answer I've ever heard of a guy who obviously knew he made a mistake. Yep. And he owned it. And he owned it in a professional manner. And it was the funniest thing about that whole situation. Before Bader came in a clubhouse, he and I and Ali were walking down the corridor and we were talking about something and they were laughing about uh, something else. So, I mean, they were good. You know, they had moved on from it. And, And I thought it was important for Bader to make light of the point that he wanted to make sure after the game that he was in his office to visit with him and make sure they were on the same page. I mean, you know, some guys would just go home and brood or whatever. Uh, Harrison is a professional. Uh, I was very happy with how he handled it. And I would have doubt that we see it again. It kind of reminds me when Andrew Jones was taken out of a game by Bobby Cox many, many years ago. Andrew Jones, by the way, should be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think Andrew Jones jaked another ball the rest of his career mm-hmm. because players have pride in how they, they're perceived. And it was just one of those moments. And I always look at Tommy Pham. And we had a chance to watch him a lot this weekend. He's a guy that runs out every ball. I don't care if it's the first baseman coming up with it. Uh, he's the one one guy that runs on and off the field. Uh, he does a little things, and he was taught the Cardinal way. And Harrison Bader knows that as well. So, you know, he learned from it. You move on. It's a long season, man. He ain't the only guy that's going to have a day like that. Yeah. By the way, uh, you, you mentioned Andrew Jones. We're a few weeks away from the MLB draft. His son, Drew Jones, set to go what, number one? Overall in that draft, yeah, he I think? was he was highly touted early on, highly yeah. touted. Uh, yeah. But you know, I was talking to somebody who scouts a couple of weeks ago about that, and and you know, the question now is, do you get the college guy who may be a little further along, or do you take the high school kid who looks good in the the travel leagues and all the other specialty camps that they have? but really doesn't know how to play baseball, you know, and, but he's got the athletic skill that intrigues mm-hmm. you. And there are a lot of teams wrestling with that now, because I think we're seeing it. If you look at all those so-called high school phenoms who were drafted two, three years ago, and teams thought they could bring them up and play them and they can't do anything. Uh, the kid over in Kansas city, he's struggling. He's been struggling all season long. He was Bobby the first Witt. pick. Yeah. So and there's some other guys that are having a problem that may have been called up too soon because they haven't learned how to play the game that's going to keep them in the major leagues. And what I mean by that is having 
uh, a hitting approach that's going to keep you in a lineup on a regular basis, uh, making sure defensively you do, you throw to the right base, you do the right things, and, and just little things like running the bases, learn how to cut a base. I mean, there's so many little things that you see guys when they come up and you say, nah, that's not how you should do it. Or when you see pitchers who burn 90 pitches in four innings and don't know how to pitch out of trouble, nah, he's probably not ready. But because of the draft selection and because of the money you're paying and because of the fact that fans can now track these players as well as the scouts can, they get rushed. And I think some of the teams have learned, well, maybe he's not ready. And I'll give you a good example locally. You know, there's some people that don't think uh, Matthew Libertor is ready. And we're going to find out because he's pitching tomorrow. Yeah, he is. Uh, So you got to look at those sort of things on why guys don't develop and why guys are, are you have to be very careful of when it comes to the draft. Yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned Libertor getting the start tomorrow. I assume he's going to be the extra man on the roster and that's uh, because of the double header. I noticed both the Cardinals and the Pirates are off on Thursday, but they have the double header on Tuesday. This uh, so is this a case that you've, you, you know, these players well enough, would they rather play two games on Tuesday and be completely off on Thursday rather than having to yeah. be at the ballpark for 12 hours on one day? Yeah, because the, the, the Thursday game would might as well be a doubleheader, and here's why. You're going to play. Then you're going to get on a plane. You're going to lose an hour because you're going to Boston to play for the weekend. So you'd rather play uh, the one game. I mean, you'd rather not play, sleep in your own bed, recover, compared to dealing with a game and then getting on a plane. So let's say – Cardinals play, uh, let's say they want to play a, for lack of a 12-15 game. So you play 12-15. You don't leave here until 5. You get into Boston, it's 8 o'clock. Okay, so now that kind of changes your whole dynamic compared to leaving at 3, getting in at 5, and having a, a reasonable evening. And I know it's only a three-hour difference, you know, somewhere in that vicinity, but it's just a whole mindset where you're not physically taxed. Yeah. I figured that answer would be around that. I'm, I'm glad you explained it out that way for uh, for that. But, yeah, game tonight, uh, then doubleheader tomorrow, then a game on Wednesday with the Pirates in town for four, uh, for four games. And then, as you mentioned, uh, heading out to Boston, but you're not heading out to Boston. You're, uh, you, you are boycotting heading out to, uh, to Boston. No, but we will talk a little bit about Boston in just a bit because it's the NBA Finals. They have and five tonight. Yeah. The, the U.S. Open is there this week. That's right. It's in Brookline. You sure you're not going out there for any That's of that? That's not you're a chance just... in hell. <laughs> no. We'll talk more about that when we come back here on Lunch with Klaibs and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and sponsored by the Home Loan Experts. My name is Jeremy Seabury. I am one of the owners of Pawford K9. Marcus Galmore, co-owner of Pawford K9. What makes us different from other dog companies is there is no breed left behind. We stand by that 120%. We specialize in aggressive behavior modification. We don't turn away. We bring them in for a free, free evaluation to see if we can help the dog. Here at Pawford K9, we focus on the owners, educating the owners. How do I get this dog to give me the behaviors that I'm asking for without the treats? Mm -hmm. So that's when me and Marcus come in. We train the dog so when you take the dog home, you don't need the treats. 
the dog is doing it because you're asking it to. After each training package, we go through a series of lessons. We keep going until the owner gets it. We make sure that they go over the beatings with their dog and that dog is listening before they, before they leave here, but also we follow up when they get home. Is your pup listening to you here? If it's not, we one phone call away, we make a trip. We got the Pulpit Mobile where we go out to their homes and make sure their dog is okay. Hey, back here at lunch with Claves and Joe. I want to tell you about Munganass Alton Toyota, another sponsor here on Claves Online. Hey, Toyota, they are uh, they, they are working really hard to try to make every one of their cars a hybrid car. And you can find a few of those right there on the lot at Munganass Alton Toyota. You uh, you know, Claves was just telling you about how he went and filled up the other day on his uh, on his hybrid car. You get a lot of miles to the gallon when you're driving one of those hybrids. I know I drove one of the uh, ones at Munganats last year. It, you're you're filling that up there. You're getting 500 plus miles uh, until empty on that, and that's uh, going to take you quite a long ways and keep uh, keep spreading you out between visits to the pump right now, especially with those prices being over five dollars a uh, a gallon. But they are working hard at Toyota to make sure all those cars are hybrid. I think it's what by 23, 24 is what they're uh, saying. I think 24. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. We we're, we're halfway through 22, so it's coming and uh not a day too soon. Yeah, head on over to altontoyota.com and see what kind of inventory they have or go visit them at 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. I'm with the home loan experts, James and Jason Gillespie, their father and son combination. James, you guys not only do great work with mortgages, you also do great work in the community. That is correct, Mike. We have several programs for the community where we're out helping the community as well. Isn't that right, Jason? You're right, Dad. We are doing a ton of work in the community, but we're also doing a ton of work helping home buyers refinance and buy homes. All you have to do is give us a call. It's lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and sponsored by the HomeLoanExpert.com. Claves, uh, we we starting with NBA. It's game five tonight out in uh, San Francisco. The Warriors hosting the uh, the Celtics tied at two games apiece. What have you uh, seen so far in this series that you like and who do you have tonight? Well, I, I like Golden State from day one. Uh, I just think their experience in this situation is is a little bit better than what Boston can offer. I, I think both teams have played some really good defense, um, and both teams have had a guy step up. Both teams are waiting on their other guys to step up. Uh, but I like Golden State because of their experience. Uh, you know, winning this, winning your first one as a player, and certainly as a coach, a rookie coach, it's really hard to do. Um, and I think that once now that Golden State seen Boston defensively enough, uh, they've figured out a few things. Now they still have to get Clay Thompson going. He was better uh, in Game Four uh, than what we've seen. Draymond is not going to score a lot, but Draymond was very active defensively. He kept the ball moving, uh, and maybe he's found his lane on what he can do. I think the key is if you can get Jordan Poole to, to get it going, and he's shown the ability that he can turn out a game. Uh, I think that's going to be a little too much for Boston to handle because Boston doesn't have as many options. They're good defensively, especially around the rim, but uh, they're going to need a little bit more firepower. 
Yeah, Draymond Green, two points in each of the games in Boston in game three and game four. But like you mentioned, still contributed a bit, had uh, had nine rebounds, eight assists in the last game. So he's doing, he's not just standing out there filling up the stat sheet with zeros. He, he's no. at least contributing some. But it does seem like he's getting uh, a lot of the attention in, in these few games. Maybe it's because he's so unlikable as a as an NBA player you know he it's easy to make Draymond Green the villain mm-hmm. the Boston fans got behind that and then it, it kind of made its way into those post game press conferences too and you got players to comment on it well Draymond is a guy that yeah it, it's easy not to like him uh but you know what it's hard not to disrespect him not to respect him because he he plays hard he gets in your head he does all the little things that most people won't take on and he has no problem talking to the media. Uh, he's got a, a career in front of him. He's going to be with TNT at some point down the road. Uh, he does a podcast, so he's very media savvy, and he knows how to stir to stir the pot. And uh, he's been pretty good at it. And he relishes the opportunity to get that attention. He's uh, the modern day Dennis Rodman without all the other theatrics. I think behind it. Good call. Yeah. I don't. There's. I mean, there's never going to be another Dennis Rodman. But I mean, this is this is as close to modern day I think as you can get. Yeah, you know, Dennis was probably a little bigger and and slightly more athletic, but uh, Draymond can guard anybody. I mean, I think I told you at the beginning of the season when I saw them play a couple of times early, I thought he was the MVP of the league, and then he got hurt because he can do so many things for you. Uh, and he's been there. I think that's something we have to take into account. Draymond has won, won three times. And that's something that a lot of guys, well, let's put it this way. There's nobody in Boston that, that can say that. and Or even won one. So I, I really feel like that's where his experience comes into play because he can do what the situation calls for. The uh, the NBA Finals, that is game number five tonight. By in, the way. Yeah. How do you have a finals and not have a game on the weekend? It's the the scheduling for these have been driving me crazy. You never know when they're when when the games are with all the dates they have between them because after this game, they don't play again until Thursday this week, right? Is that uh is that when the next game is in the series? It, it used to be Thursday, Sunday. Let me see what was it? It was maybe was it Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday is what it used to be. And I don't know what's going on with it, uh, but I don't like the setup. And, and here's a problem you also have. You got the NHL on ESPN also. So, you know, but I'm saying to myself, you mean tell me you didn't find and, and you couldn't do it this weekend because you had uh, the NHL on Saturday night and you had Major League Baseball on Sunday night. And that's probably why they got bumped. Yeah, they uh. So it's Thursday. the The series so far has gone Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday. It, it used to be Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. That's what it used to be. Yeah, it was every other day. It was every other day, and it got over with uh, before you know this this series. Game seven would be June nineteenth this uh this week or next week if you if you go that long. So it would be seventeen days to play seven games. Yeah. You know, I, and you know, in fairness, though, I don't think the players object because they get extra rest. The, the problem is you got to go from one coast to the other. That 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 can be a pain. But the way these planes are tricked out now, I mean, it's not as cumbersome as it used to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not, you know, maybe we're about a year or two away from Memphis, Chicago in the finals. And then uh, there'll be a nice little, nice little short trip between the two cities for, uh, for that. Memphis, Chicago, huh? Uh, maybe maybe two years away. I don't know. Chicago's got a lot to figure out, but I mean Memphis Memphis is a little closer. I thought Memphis made some significant strides yeah. this year, and, and you know, let's face it, Golden State doesn't have many more years of this current combination mm-hmm. to go. But with that yeah. said, they've got younger guys that are making an impact, so you know they may be around for a while. Uh, NHL, as you mentioned, the NHL Finals, they're also starting. It's the Lightning and the Avalanche and ESPN. Yeah, covering that. So those games are going to be on ABC, and I would imagine a lot more coverage. I, I, I With those two markets, Tampa and Colorado, I'm sure they would have rather had New York in there for their first year being on uh, being with ESPN. They would have liked to bump up those ratings a little bit. But I'm, I'm interested to see how different these are going to be from when they were on NBC. Aside from that, Colorado has been sitting and waiting for a very long time and the Lightning going for a three-peat, which who's, I, I guess, would the Patriots have been the last team to three-peat in a, uh, in a professional sport? You may be on. We know it's not in baseball. No. Uh, so you may be on to something. I'm going to back up on something you said with yeah. regard to um, um, Colorado and, and Tampa. I don't think if the Rangers were in the finals, it'd make a difference. And here's why. The rank, the Yankees and the Mets are playing really, really well, okay? So the Rangers drop down significantly when it comes to TV interest. Tampa and Denver are two of the largest markets. You know, those are pretty good TV markets in their mm-hmm. own right. So I, I think that the NHL will be just fine just because, you know, I mean, hell, they're all bigger than St. Louis. Uh and so I, I think that they'll they'll do really well because you have and to remember they don't have Colorado Rockies on they don't get a much of a, a push, and the Rays don't get a, a push at all. So everybody's going to be focused on on those two teams. I know Colorado. I know that's big for hockey, but isn't there throughout the regular season? Aren't there issues with getting their games locally? Doesn't Kroenke have some issue with playing yeah. those and with the Nuggets and the the Avalanche? But I do I do take it back though because Tampa, having won the last two years, you know the fans there are all in on that being a huge hockey town right now and cannot wait to see if their team can win three in a row. So I mean those ratings in Tampa should just be enormous. I I agree with you. It's it's going to be a fun series. Uh, obviously, I'm pulling for Tampa. Um, because of Pat Maroon and John Cooper and just the fact that they've been able to find themselves back in this thing, man, this is a hard, this is the hardest trophy there is to win. And they're going after a third one. Uh, with basically the same team. Now they made some subtle adjustments. Corey Perry came on and some other guys, but uh, you know, the, the nucleus and their best player isn't even available to him. Now I don't know if he's going to be available in the finals, but bottom line is this has been an epic run, man. We just don't see in professional sports anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the salary cap has had a lot to do with it. Free agencies had a lot to do with it. And for them to be able to amass enough grit to be able to go in and win in the manner that they have, I just tip my cap to them. And I'm not taking anything away from Colorado, but the difference is Tampa has a goalie. Colorado doesn't. Okay, I mean, they can skate circles around anybody, but if they don't have a goaltender who can make some saves, I don't think this thing could go very long. 
Yeah, that uh, that series again starts on Wednesday. We uh, we wrap up today. Uh, we, last week we talked a little bit about the LIV, the Live Tour. They had their first event this uh, this weekend, uh, but and uh, prior to them teeing off on Thursday, the PGA announced all of those guys were ineligible or they were suspending all of the uh, the guys that were playing in that. That doesn't carry over to this weekend with the U.S. Open. There are a lot of guys from that LIV tour that are going to be in the uh, Boston area for the U.S. Open this weekend. It's kind of a little, it's it's a bit confusing when you realize who kind of puts on some of these tournaments, some of these majors each and every, uh, as, as the year goes on. Did you, I, I know we didn't really have a way to watch any of the uh, the live tour this weekend. Did you, uh, did you follow along with it? Did you watch yeah, any? Yeah, I, uh, I was trying to keep track of it. You know, as we were talking about this last week, the, the tour doesn't have any all striking names to me. Okay. These are all guys we've seen before. These are all guys who've had reasonable success on the PGA tour, but these are all guys we never stopped to make sure we watch them play. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Dustin Johnson is the most recognizable guy. Phil obviously was a very good player at one point, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm going to stop my afternoon when I can watch another tour. Now, DeChambeau is an interesting guy because everything everyone's intrigued by his, his power. But I'm not sure if these guys move the needle. I think we're more enamored with the money that they're making yeah. compared to their skill. And, and that, where that that's probably coming bigger. from. Yeah. And you know what? And we talked about this the other day about uh, human right issues. We got our own, you know, this country has a set of human right issues as well. Uh, it's done maybe differently, but I mean, for us to feel like the Saudis are the only dastardly people in the world, it's comical. And I, I look at the PGA and you think about all the things the PGA turned the other way on, whether it was uh, how the masters dealt with people of color or how the PGA dealt with people of color for so many years. And for them to come out feeling like they're the white knights here, I think it's kind of amusing as well. Now, they've made significant strides. I'm not going to take that away from them. They've done some really good things to make the game more inclusive. Uh, and it is a global game. But for them to stand on this high horse and feel like we're better than them because our money is legit, well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think that there's some issues that you can raise up the hood. You know, when you think about – the the private clubs and all the things that have gone on to to keep people down uh that they, they, they don't necessarily have a clean closet themselves uh but i think the saudis are a convenient group of people to pick on and i'm not trying to defend them because they you know they've definitely messed up so are the chinese so are the russians i mean everybody's had, has their issues but i think in this case to solely pin it on that i think is is probably it, it, it may be more crying in your beard than anything else because you don't have that kind of money or do you have that kind of money? You just elected not to share it with the players. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that might be a better issue. Hey, uh, that's going to wrap up our show for today though. Klaibs Pittsburgh pirates are in town. You uh, got to sweep. The, uh, you have the, that's, sweep I, that's what I said about the reds too. I mean, this should be, well, I said we had to lose a seven game uh, win streak right now. I said we could, we could afford to lose one game during the homestand. So okay. we lost yesterday, so they got a sweet Pittsburgh. What do you have for us set for the pregame show? It's a very good question. Um, I'll probably talk to somebody from Pittsburgh 
Um, I'm anxious to see because they were playing reasonably well. They went out to L.A. and handled the Dodgers. So they they, they're them. doing something right. So I'm anxious to talk to them about that. Tomorrow is the 247th birthday for the United States Army. So we're going to visit with somebody about that. And um, you know me, man. I just kind of roam and find the best story available at the time. Yep. And then uh, we on Wednesday, we're recording the next uh, episode or two of the Joe West podcast. New episode out today. It's just you and Joe sitting down shooting the shit for about uh, 45 minutes or so. It's a uh, it's good stuff. I enjoyed uh, I didn't get to listen to it live, but I went back and listened to it. And I'll tell you this umpires and the way they travel and pack never occurred to me uh, how they uh, how they have to live their lives for 162 games. I was uh I was pretty enamored by uh, by you guys talking about that. And it's one of those things that you don't really understand until you guys got into it. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. And, and we, we could have gone in a little bit more detail. They all have a trunk. OK. And they travel with the trunk. The clubhouse guys make sure the trunk gets to the next city. And when it gets to the next city, it goes right to the ballpark. Uh, you have an umpire attendant uh, that, that handles all their stuff the laundry, everything else, make sure they have food. And it, it's a challenging position, but you, you're right about the fact that they, their situation, they don't have a home game. Yeah. You know, I mean, every city is, you know, you're lucky if you live in a city where you might be asleep in your own bed, but the way they travel and remember they're flying commercial. And at last check, if I'm not mistaken, I know it, there used to be a rule where uh, you had to be on the first commercial flight out the next day. Some guys might try and get out that night. You know, they have to do their own travel. I mean, they work with MLB, but it's a very challenging role that they have. And I'm, we're going into it a little bit more with Joe uh, the next time we visit with him. Yeah, 5460, the Joe West podcast, available now on the Podcast Heat Network. Bob Ramsey and I will be back later today. We will have uh, the lineups for tonight's game as part of Daily Cards Live. And then I believe Rammer and Rocchio are going to do another two-man game before game five tonight. So lots of uh, stuff available for you up on Klabe's Online right now. So, uh, and then, hey, you know what's getting the most hits right now on uh, our site is my interview with AEW wrestler Eddie Kingston. That is, uh, that's what's getting the most hits on the uh, on the website right now. AEW in town on Wednesday at Chaffetz. And uh, Klaibs, I think they might have a guy or two coming by the booth uh, to, to just say hello. Wait, wait till you see you. I mean, the guy that they have thrown now, out the first pitch. We met, we met with I'm, I had met Mark Henry. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. to meet Mark Henry. Yeah. Wait till you see the size of the guy they got thrown out the first pitch tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it's, it. He's, uh, he, he's, whew, he's, a, he's a big boy, too. Big enough it's, to work, uh, huh? It's you know what he he probably won't be wearing a shirt because I don't think they fit on him. That's uh that's about how big this guy is, and we're we're not talking fat. We're talking just it's muscles places Mass. that you never knew they they existed. Yeah, I got but, you. Well, I'm yeah. looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, we will uh, we will talk to you uh, at many other times later this week here on Claves Online. Lots of content always available wherever you find your podcasts. Or on YouTube, at just search for Claves Online. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. This has been another edition of Lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Ammon, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by the Home Loan Expert.com.
At St. Louis Acura, new inventory is arriving daily, both new and pre-owned. Our buying team adds a higher level of personalized service that others can't match. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and many of these are matched by our buying teams in Missouri and Illinois. As new Acura production ramps up, be one of the lucky ones to try the newest Type S models now available. Performance has never been so stylish and comfortable. St. Louis Acura remains committed to becoming better than ever for you. 